Hey y'all, welcome to Common Era, a podcast presented by the Consulate Journal of Ireland in Atlanta. This podcast explores the shared ties between Ireland and the American Southeast. In this episode, we're going to touch on American-Irish business relations, especially in the life sciences. So without further ado, I'd proudly like to introduce Atlanta's new Consul General, Quiva Nihonahor, and James Chappell, CEO of Economic Development Organization, SC Bio. Oh, thanks so much, Molly. I, I'm um, a diplomat working for the Irish government for the Department of Foreign Affairs. I've been working for uh, the department for about 15 years now, and I was beavering away um, at the United Nations in New York when I got a phone call asking me, would I like to serve as Consul General in Atlanta? And of course, I said yes, because it's absolutely a great honor to represent your government as a head of mission. And so here I am. So I've been here as the Consul General in Atlanta for the past six months. Um, and covering seven states based out of Atlanta, um, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, Georgia and Tennessee. And um, that will soon change because we're opening a new consulate general in Miami and they will take over responsibility for Florida and most likely eventually Alabama and Mississippi as well. And we will take on Kentucky. So, um, so very sad to say goodbye to, to our dear friends in Alabama, Mississippi and Florida, but looking forward to getting to know Kentucky as well. So it's never a dull moment, uh, very broad geographical area, um, but an absolutely fascinating part of the world and a part of the world where Ireland has a lot, lot to say and a lot of friends um, and there's a lot of potential to build the relationship. Hey, I'm Molly. I'm James Chapel. I am the president and CEO of SC Bio, which is the trade association and economic development organization um, for our, all things life sciences in South Carolina. Um, I've been I've been the um, I've been with the organization for ten months now, and uh, originally from South Carolina, but moved away for a while. Um, I have a background. I have a, a PhD in, in cell biology, um, and then and then did um, management consulting and economic development work uh, for a long time in, in, in Louisiana and in um, in Boston, and then and then back in Louisiana most recently. So my, my background really fit perfectly to to work with an organization that that really is anything we can do from from workforce to um, recruiting new companies and, and anything in between um, to get those life science companies to, to relocate and grow in South Carolina. It was the perfect fit for me to come take that role. So I've been really excited these last 10 months to be back in South Carolina and, and leading SE Bio. And for you both, what would you say has been your favorite part of your role, maybe on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, well, Molly, I mean, I think it's no secret that the job of an Irish Consul General in the United States is a very happy and positive one because, you know, the friendship between Ireland and the United States is, is such a strong one. And also our Irish communities right across the United States are so dynamic and they're so committed to advancing Irish-US relations. So these jobs are really uh, a pleasure and I must say I've greatly enjoyed 
getting out, meeting people, meeting our hosts in the states, uh, in, in the seven states that I cover, getting on the road and traveling to Tennessee, traveling to South Carolina, uh, traveling to Florida, traveling to Alabama, as well as getting to know our Georgian hosts here. Um, and another part of the job I think is underappreciated, but gives, um, gives a lot of, is the source of a lot of job satisfaction is the work that we do on consular assistance and that's around helping our citizens who find themselves in difficulty that can those cases can be very um distressing very sad very very tragic but there's an there's a great deal of job satisfaction in being able to help people who find themselves um experiencing maybe the worst thing they'll experience in their life and, and that you can pick up the phone and help them out is um it's it's a great it's a great privilege. So yeah, so it's 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 the light and the shade, the very upbeat outreach work, and then the behind the scenes but very meaningful consular assistance work. And for me, it's it, it really is um, just just the fact that I said earlier that SE Bio is is involved in all things life sciences. So one day I may be talking to a growth stage company and and its founders another day or sometimes in the same day, I could be talking to a Fortune 500 um, pharmaceutical company or medical device company uh, or looking and focusing on how to grow K through 12 workforce pipeline into life sciences. So um, really it's something new every day and where we are for South Carolina, it's such an exciting time because South Carolina has really started to grow rapidly uh, in the life sciences um, in the in the past several years. So we have an 8% growth rate growing twice as fast as the Southeast, twice as fast as, as North Carolina and, and other states. So to be back and, and to have a, a small hand in helping that growth continue and, and even grow, grow faster uh, is really exciting. And it's such a blank slate on, on how we do that and, and all the ways that, um, to grow these jobs, which obviously are so important because of the huge impact it has on people's lives, the the patients, uh, the end users, and, and also they're just fantastic jobs. Our average salary in South Carolina for these jobs is, is almost $90,000. So um, it really is. Every every day is, is just a, a new adventure and, and exciting to be able to, to, to do all things and anything to, to grow that industry in the state. Great. And, and for you, James, I'm curious, um, which sectors would you say within the life sciences tend to be the most promising for future growth? There's, there's kind of two areas there. One, we're excited in the state. South Carolina is known as a, as a manufacturing state and, and is, is one of the leaders in automotive and aero with BMW's North American headquarters being here, Michelin, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Volvo. Um, we also have a great history on the biomanufacturing side uh, with uh, facilities here like Abbott and homegrown uh, Nephron in Columbia, Thermo Fisher, Arthrex. And, and so we're really good at that manufacturing and, and we'll continue to grow there. We're now kind of moving to that next level. Where we're going to start getting a lot more of the development and the research uh, that's happening here. So really creating the products um, of the sciences here. So so that's really, really exciting. And, and also, too, when it comes down to like which 
kind of those subsectors of, of the life sciences. So I think in South Carolina in general, we'll see more development, obviously even um, globally and worldwide, there's such a big push on digital health and all the impacts that, um, that that will have. And we have companies like uh, Remedy in, in Greenville, who is, is just doing an amazing job with a, a digital health platform. We have another one, SyncMD, who has a, 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 a different digital health platform. Um, and, then, and then AI is obviously another big one. Um, we've got companies here working on that. I was just down visiting a, a company based in Florence, South Carolina. And they also have a, a, an office in, in Charleston in the lower part of the state. Um, DGen Medical, and they're a medical device company, and they've got uh, AI capabilities that you can literally put it on, and you can train a surgeon, and you can see uh, how deep your instrument is going. You can look up and, and see all the different angles of the of the spine that you're working on, and you can also do it. They have a program where the doctor can wear one with a patient, and the, and you have a a three D rendering in front of you that you can walk around and you can literally go point to the doctor and you'll point to the same place. It's that good to say, this is where my, this is where my back hurts. The AR VR, the, the augmented and virtual reality with DGen medical, um, those, those things are just unbelievable to see and will make a enormous impact on people. So it's exciting to see that more digital side with the digital health platforms, with the AR VR, with the AI, um, and then in general, we just have, we'll continue to grow in manufacturing. We have great schools like um, Clemson that's great bioengineering and we'll uh, continue to have medical device companies. That'll always be another strong suit of South Carolina. Um, the same with MUSC, which is a NCI cancer designated um, uh, institution, one of only about, I think, 26 in the country. And so um, they continue to put out great um cancer startups and, and, and uh, companies focused on oncology. So that goes back to South Carolina. I know that I just rattled off a pretty wide variety of, of things and, and I could keep going because where we are as a state, there's just a lot of these things that are kind of flourishing at, at the same time from the medical devices to the um, to more of the oncology and, and things like that. So it's just an exciting time for, for the state. And I think we'll see really healthy growth across all those areas that I mentioned in the coming years. Great. And Quifa too, I'm curious within life sciences, but also beyond that, are there any um, particularly hot industries in terms of Irish U.S. trade right now that you and some of your partners at uh, Enterprise Ireland or IDA are also keeping their eyes on? Well, I think what I, I would say to that, Molly, is that such is the scale of the Ireland-US economic relationship that it would be difficult to tie it down to any one sector. I mean, the US is the single biggest export market for Irish goods. Um, and another statistic I'm very fond of is that Ireland is among the top 10 investors into the United States. So this is an absolutely enormous economic relationship and it's right across the sectors of the economy. I mean, our biggest exports to the United States are in James's sector, uh, medical devices and pharmaceuticals, by far our biggest export category. Um, but we're also, for instance, in the Southeast, you have Irish companies uh, 
um, major employers in the fintech space, in the food uh, space, and also um, in construction, construction materials. Um, so it's a very diversified economic relationship. For sure, I think something that's interesting to watch in the economic growth of the US Southeast is exactly as James sets out, you know, the, the Southeast is, um, is evolving from a manufacturing economy now into a, um, a product development economy, into a more high-tech economy. And I think there's a lot of room there for synergy with Ireland because Ireland um, is, is a high-tech economy. We have all of the major tech, tech companies are present in Ireland. So I think as the Googles start, you know, for instance, Google has now located in, in Atlanta, for instance, has opened an office here. Uh, I think there can be a lot of um, growth in the relationship between the two ecosystems as that, as that trend embeds in, in the Southeast as well. Um, so, for instance, we're, we're very, uh, there's a very close relationship between on, in, in fintech and Atlanta specifically um, between Irish companies and, and the Atlanta ecosystem. So I think that's a space, a space to watch. But the potential is enormous in, in short, really enormous. I think our greatest challenge is just um, making the opportunities more well known in Ireland and, and vice versa. And speaking about that, too, what would you both say, including Brexit, may be some of the greatest other greatest challenges ahead for your various fields of international trade as well? Obviously, this is a very uncertain moment for for international trade, although it has settled somewhat since the since the since the initial um, outbreak uh, of the war in, in February. Um, but I think, I think broadly speaking, this is a very challenging moment for, for international trade. And it's a time when we value our, our friendships um, more than ever. And I think we've seen that in the solidarity that's been shown between, for instance, the European Union and the United States in facing, facing down um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and in presenting a united front in terms of sanctions particularly economic sanctions and sanctions on, on oil and gas. So I think that's been that's been very important. But obviously, inflation challenges are, are affecting us all. Um, and also, we now have uh, dollar and euro parity, which also, of course, affects uh, the flow of imports and exports between the European Union and the United States. So it's a challenging moment. But overall, um, trade between Ireland and the United States continues to go from strength to strength. And even during the pandemic, um, our trade, in fact, increased and investment, US investment into Ireland uh, continued to grow. So the, the US-Ireland story specifically is, is very healthy. As um, Brexit uh, became a fact, um, Ireland was very concerned in an initial phase. We we're very concerned about two things, economic economic instability and political instability, political effects in, in Northern Ireland. On the economic side, the Irish economy was the most exposed economy in the European Union to the effects of a hard Brexit. But the divorce deal, if you like, that was worked out between the European Union and the UK solved a lot of those issues on the economic side. So that was largely 
resolved in that in that divorce in that divorce agreement. Politically, though, the story has been more difficult. Um, Brexit and and particularly, I think the 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 hard Brexit that was chosen um, by the, by the British government has been. Uh, destabilizing to the politics of, of Northern Ireland and that is something that we have been very concerned about. Northern Ireland under the protocol, um, the Northern Ireland protocol that was agreed between the European Union and the UK stood to gain um, by having a foot in both markets and having access to both markets and we, we can see that the Northern Ireland economy has has been able to benefit from that but that has been, the counterpoint to that has been um, political disruption. We're doing everything that we can to try to to try to solve that and to to return to a partnership approach uh, to to working out those issues together. On the the life sciences side, we saw during COVID how important it is to have good trade partners and have things located where um, where that supply chain could be easily accessible. Either. Uh, in the U.S. or easily accessible, good trade partners like in Ireland, like the, the European Union, where um, and supply chain is still, you know, there's still a mismatch there. So I would say that's still a big challenge that people are, are facing now with worker shortages. And, and obviously, um, as already mentioned, the, the disruption with the Russia and, and Ukraine. So there, there's still some challenges on that supply chain issue. But I think we saw during the pandemic of just how important it is to to have that access and to have good trade lines and and to be able to have those um, have those supply chains working properly. Now, say you have an elevator pitch to um, businesses that are looking to locate within your respective uh, regions. James being South Carolina, the Southeast as a whole, and and Quiva, Ireland. What would you say? Um, to be able to draw attention to those regions for what would make them business friendly and competitive. Well, I think that South Carolina has certainly always been known as a, um, and the Southeast in general is a, is a very business friendly place as far as um, regulations and, and taxes and everything else. And, uh, and also too, I think that a lot of people are looking more to South Carolina because of, of cost as well. Um, even just looking at things like lab space where you can pay hundreds of dollars a square foot in some of these saturated markets where you can, you can come down to South Carolina and pay far, far less. And a lot of times half or even, um, even, even less than half compared to a, a Boston or a California and some of these other places. So, um, so I think we're seeing the, the benefit of that. And we also just have a very big, focus on the on this industry as i mentioned with with the universities with south carolina and, and clemson and musc we're graduating a really talented workforce we have everyone including sc bio is kind of all hands on deck to make this grow and so we've we have things like certificate programs that sc bio has put out to train people for upskill or reskill for pharmaceutical manufacturing or medical device so um, we know what an important industry and what an important time this is and are putting all those components in place to make it very easy for a company to locate here and, and grow here and be successful here. And, you know, it goes without saying, too, just the quality of, of place is, is and you can kind of get whatever you want in South Carolina. 
Um, you have beautiful weather. You have the coast if you if you want to go down there. And we have a big cluster of our companies in Charleston. And then up where I am uh, in Greenville in the foothills. And so with, with beautiful rivers running through the city and, and uh, the green hills and, and everything else. So um, you kind of get whatever you want when you, when you come to South Carolina for quality of place. I can certainly attest to that. I, I um, have the great joy of being in Greenville with Minister, our Minister of State for Trade Promotion, Robert Troy. Uh, back in March, James, and it was a, a beautiful visit. And I'm, I'm planning to get to Charleston and to Columbia very soon as well. So looking forward to, get to getting to know the rest of the state. Yeah, I would love to host you when you're here. And, and I did realize that I uh, boasted about Greenville's really, uh, rolling green hills, which are beautiful. But I, I know that you might have a little bit of uh, history and beauty in, in Ireland with that as well. We do, we do green hills quite well. That is true. <laughs> yeah. that is true. And our beaches are pretty good too. We're get, when we're getting the weather at the moment, you see photos. I see photos coming from Ireland, and it really it looks for all the world like the Caribbean. But um, aside from our beautiful Caribbean beaches, um, the things that attract U.S. businesses to Ireland, I think they're pretty well known. I mean, first of all, you have that ease of doing business. The fact that we're an English-speaking market, there's a great familiarity there. There are bonds going back. Uh, generations and generations and there's there's that deep uh our ireland us friendship where we we kind of understand each other pretty on a pretty fundamental level um but that ease of business piece also ease of doing business piece also includes for instance the fact that we have a very transparent um and internationally recognized transparency around our corporation tax rate which is 12.5 percent so that has been an attraction for us companies over the years but I think it's it's much more than that. It's much more than than the tax rate, which is so often talked about. We have one of the hot, most highly educated workforces in the world, and the level of third level university education attainment is extraordinarily high in Ireland. The other thing I would say is that when you when you invest in Ireland or you export to Ireland, you have access to an EU market of 450 million consumers. Um, so Ireland is is a bridge to that to that bigger European Union market, and in addition to the to the to the EU consumers, you also of course have the European Union workforce, um, because within the European Union there's total freedom of movement and work. So workers, the labour force, um, is is shared across the European Union, and that is a major attraction, and that's why you see so many. So many companies um, setting up their European headquarters in in Ireland, um, and I think another key part of that is when you're when you set up in Ireland for for very tightly regulated sectors like pharmaceuticals, um, for instance, you then also you have access to all of that uh, corpus of, of EU regulation, and you you're, you're, the door is open in that regard. You don't have to do anything additional um, to. To, in terms of regulation to, to access the, the EU market. And then just at, at this stage, we've been so successful in attracting inward um, investment and um, headquarters to Dublin that the ecosystem now is second to none. You've got all of the major tech companies, all of the major pharma companies, all have a presence uh, and quite a large presence in Dublin. So that just that's a kind of a self-sustaining ecosystem where it's very attractive for companies to to locate. And for both of you, would do you have any other um, 
business opportunities or industry opportunities that you'd like to highlight respectively for for Irish companies in the Southeast or companies based in the Southeast in Ireland? I, I mean, I, I would just uh, add that, that there are a ton of opportunities. I mean, I've, I've listed a lot in, in pretty great detail. And so I, I think now is the time to, to look at that either um, expansion or just partnerships in, in South Carolina, because there's so much growth happening. There's so many people um, all, all in, in line and in, in making this growth continue to happen. And, and we have great universities. So partnering with an MUSC, a Clemson, South Carolina, even some of our smaller uh, colleges and universities, they're all um, really accessible and, and really interested in new and, and innovative work. So um, there, there are just so many opportunities in South Carolina. And I, I joke, we have a lot of our events. We have our member companies will come together. And some of them, I feel like, walk away with a new partnership every time because we're at that stage where everybody's kind of growing together and they're all uh, very supportive of one another. And so I've just never seen something um, like it where they, they just are all so supportive and, and when, when it makes sense, are, are happy to partner with someone with a good idea and, and share their resources with them. So I don't think you're going to get that in a lot of, a lot of other States. I certainly haven't seen it. So I think it's just a, a, a fantastic and exciting time to, to be in South Carolina and, and doing life sciences. And Molly, I think you've, you've heard me make my pitch about wh why Ireland. Um, so I won't labor that point, but just to say, I also very much see it as part of my role to make Irish industry, Irish exporters, Irish investors aware of the opportunities that are available here in the Southeast. Because I think um, there's, you know, the, the familiarity, the closeness between Ireland and Irish strongholds in the Northeast, Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago, that's very well known. And I think Ireland collectively is less familiar with, with the Southeast and with the opportunities in, in the Southeast. And I, I think it's very important for me to make that known to, to an Irish audience. And I'm very pleased that we've had um, three ministerial visits um, to to the southeast in recent months, and that's been a big part of also feeding back at the government level the opportunities that are here for for Ireland on the on the, on the economic front. And I think the opening our opening of the consulate in in Miami is also part of that. We're we're very clearly investing energy, time, resources in the southeast and and in building up those relationships to kind of balance. Uh, the relationships that have existed for, for a very long time in, in the, the northeast part of the U.S. in particular. So the fulcrum is moving south all the time. And that's the that's the story of, of the U.S. at the moment. That's definitely exciting to hear. Now, I want to be respectful of, of uh, your time um, for both of you. But if you do have a moment, um, I wanted to see if either of you would like to share a question with each other. That's a tradition that I like to have. Um, if possible, at the end of the podcast. I mean, I guess I could start and just ask what could South Carolina do better to itself when it comes to being on the radar of, a, of an Irish company or anyone else for that matter. But, you know, we've talked a lot about the Southeast. I've thrown out the South Carolina stats, but um, I find that, that a lot of people 
are not aware, and South Carolina is certainly not at the forefront of their of their thinking. So how does South Carolina do better to get in the consideration set? I, I think the main thing I would say is keep in touch with us. Um, keep in touch with, with me. Keep in touch with my colleagues in Enterprise Ireland. Enterprise Ireland is our... Um, they support our Irish Irish companies to invest in the in the US. So Rory Power, um, I'm very happy to put you in touch with him. And then uh, in the other direction, IDA works on attracting FDI to Ireland. So please do. Our door is absolutely open. Key part of our work is the economic promotion work. So please approach us um, if 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 there are opportunities that you feel that we sh- we should be working on together. The other thing that, in my experience, is really important in this economic development work, and this is as true for Ireland as it is on the state level, is that something that's very convincing and very impressive uh, when it comes to investment decisions is when you see the private, the public and the academic sectors working together in, in genuine partnership. I think that is that's the gold standard um, for 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 attracting investment. I think Ireland does that well, and in my experience, the states in the U.S. Southeast are are doing that very well. I, I've been very impressed by uh, by both South Carolina and Georgia, and North Carolina as well has has done some great work um, around the research triangle. So I think this is something that we've all realised is important, and I, I I think it's working really really well. Great, thank you. Um, and James, on my side, what can we do to um, advance awareness of Ireland in, in your sector? Probably there's more that we can do to build those relationships. Yeah, it's probably, I guess it's, it's probably a similar answer to yours is, is just have that open dialogue, which we have some, we have a partnership with, um, with the Swiss bio guys in Switzerland to understand what those opportunities are and where those potential partnerships could be and, and what strengths we have that might fit well with, um, with a, a gap in Ireland and, and vice versa with, with our companies. And so I think having that continuous flow, I always talk about with our members and I talked about those partner um, partnership opportunities where, it's, it's always the one who, who are out talking and, and meeting and have a good story to tell that end up with those partnerships and end up with those, those new uh, projects. And so I, I think uh, having, having that, that dialogue open and having a good understanding of the, the strengths of each place, I think will help identify some opportunities for, um, for Ireland and South Carolina to do a, a lot of things together in the life sciences. Again, it was lovely to have you both and really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you, Molly. Well, that's all she wrote. Thanks for joining us this time on Common Era.